0: It's really important in your financial journey that you direct your money. And now for Render My Money 2021 Session 11. I want to welcome everyone to our fifth Render My Money class for this half of the year. So just sort of a catch up from last month. Did anybody switch to Cube money? You did? Okay. All right. So you got one person. Anybody else? Okay. So on the last cast, we talked about budgets and we talked about the importance of budgets. And one of the things that I'm going to do for next year is I'm going to really incorporate Cube. They have a financial program that I really like. But one of the things they're doing, they're making a lot of improvements on that app. So much that you will be able to put in a budget, meaning a total amount of money. Like if you say, this year we're going to spend on our household for the year, we're going to spend $20,000. And what Q will allow you to do is, it will allow you to pull for that and go into those different slots. So a lot of times when we're on fixed income or we were on some type of annuity, some people may get like a lump sum to live off in the beginning of the year. So that's a great opportunity because it gives you a a way to work sort of from a set amount of money for the whole year. So I just would really encourage you all to take a look at it. It's much more simpler than doing it on paper, easier to follow. And um, it's really important in your financial journey that you direct your money. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. And that's basically all I'm going to talk about as far as budget because we went over that last month. This month, because we did in retirement and health, we're going to talk about preservation. And I wanted to talk about estate planning on this class because a lot of times we think estate planning is only for individuals with large amounts of money. But one thing about generational wealth is that usually the biggest asset that we have, that most average Americans have, is a purchased home. And we have seen in the last few years, especially like in Atlanta, how this whole real estate market has changed. And a lot of people that were in the position where they had real estate passed down to them by their parents really lose the opportunity to take advantage of the market. I had a friend who was from Brooklyn and her family had a big house that was in Brooklyn. And I don't know if you know what happened in Brooklyn in the last 10 years, but Brooklyn went through a serious rebirth. That's what I'm gonna call it. And in that rebirth, her house, which was probably when she lived there, was probably worth you know, $600,000, which is a lot of money, but not a lot for New York. It's probably worth about seven, maybe five or six million now. And because they didn't have, and a lot of people were not aware of financial planning, they didn't know how to protect that Or that the parents didn't know how to protect it because they had a vision for that house to be passed down from generation to generation. And so it was lost in the second generation. The parents who bought it, their kids lost the house. So my friends, aunt and mother basically lost the house. Not from a standpoint of not being able to afford it, but they didn't have proper instructions in place. So this is what this class is going to be about. We're going to talk about a few uh, topics. You can put that first slide up. And... You know, it starts with just understanding what estate planning is and what estate planning is. It is a plan that allows you to direct your assets as well as your wishes if you become incapacitated. And it also protects your assets because when you don't have a will, anybody knows what happened to the money? Anybody? Okay. if you don't have a will or if you don't have any descendants or relative, it goes to the state. You're correct. But what if you got relatives? or descendants, or children, or wife. Anybody knows what happened there? Huh? Okay, probate. We're going to talk about probate. You? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this is going to be good. Right. Well, she'll tell you, if you have kids, it's one-third to the wife, two-thirds to the children. Now, that doesn't mean the children, If he was married. If he has outside children, that goes into the pot. And a lot of times in that situation, and I know somebody personally who was like that, who paid a lump sum to his baby's mother, which paid her out for the girl till she was 18. But when he died, he didn't have a will. So she came back in and was part of the assets. You can look at Prince. He's a singer. He had large sums of money, but he had no will. So... When you go through that process, you will find that it becomes very expensive. Because all those people who came out said they were possible descendants, that was a legal fee attached to that. And you looked at his estate, it dwindled down just from legal fees. And because we have an attorney in here, they know those fees can be very expensive. So... In most cases, you want to plan so you can avoid probate. And probate is not anything other than the verification of the will as well as the executor, whoever's supposed to execute the will, the executive, rather. So, but it's a process because sometimes if there's a instance where there's a relative or descendant who has a problem with the will, it can be legally attested. I mean, you can have court cases. And whenever you have court cases, there's a charge. So we're going to talk about will. So it's very important that you don't think about how much you have. You want to start thinking about directing your assets because a lot of times you may have children or you may have a spouse. And if you're the money manager in the house and you know if something happens to you, everybody's going to be lost, you better have some estate planning taken. It's really good to go to a state attorney, even if you think it's not a lot. For the most part, just off the bat, right now, each individual has a $11 million gift allowances. Meaning, if you're single and your estate is worth less than $11 million, then you are excused from any type of estate tax. So, for the most part, it's called lifetime gift. For the most part, you know, people don't think about that because they say, well, I ain't got $11 million, right? But even with that, if your situation changed, you had a child who, say, went to the NFL or you had a relative who went to the NFL and signed a big contract. You know the last thing they think about estate planning or how to manage their finances? So this class is designed to give you exposure. I'm not going to give you every key, but I want to let you know there are things you have to do. So when it comes to estate planning, the first thing you need to understand is Everybody that has anything that they feel of value that they want to direct in the time of death should have a will, okay? And a will is just a document that speaks to who and directs your assets to where you want them to go. The will also allows you, which is a part of even your health decisions, which is called a health directive. So, in that, if something happens to you and you become incapacitated, you can have health directives and also your will can be a part of that directive too. So, if, you know, if you are in a position where you're single, you need to have a legal person that you trust if you don't have a family member who's capable of handling your estate. And you should identify that person and start now with the will and also with your directives. So, If you have children, you need to identify who the guardian of your children would be if something happens to you. Because a lot of times it's left to a relative. Usually the courts try to find a relative first, but the relative may be somebody you don't want to take care of your kids. So all this is super important that you take care of if you haven't done it. And again, like I say, probate is just a process, legal process of verifying the authenticity of the will and the name executive. So that's the first level. The second level is a trust. And a trust is nothing more than a legal arrangement that allows you to hold assets on behalf of your beneficiaries. That's all it is. Now, there are two types of trusts, and one type is a revocable trust, and the other type is an irrevocable trust. So what's the difference? Well, there's a main difference. A revocable trust allows you to protect your assets somewhat if you become incapacitated. That means you can make changes. You, you can even revocable trust. You can even cancel it if you want to. But there's some disadvantage to a revocable trust because you still own those assets. So everybody remember O.J. Simpson and when the family wanted to go and get his assets? Well, he had it in some kind of trust and that's why he's able to live now. <laughs> I mean, they would have, because they won a $33 million civil case they didn't wipe them out. You see what I'm saying? So he was smart as far as in his finances. He had some type of protection and that had to be some kind, of, either it was a retirement fund that was set up as a trust or he had an irrevocable trust. So an irrevocable trust is really designed to help protect your assets. Now, one, revocable trust, you still own everything. It's still yours. You know, you control it. Irrevocable trust, you really no longer own it. And that's the biggest problem with people doing irrevocable trust, because you control it, but you don't own it. Do you understand the difference? Not really. It's a big difference. So in an irrevocable trust, there are certain things that you have to do that you cannot change. Like you cannot change the trust. You can't say after you sign the documents and get everything notarized. You can't go back and say, "Uh, I changed my mind. I don't want to leave my family or I don't want to leave any money to anybody. I want to take my money and use it as I please. Well, in an irrevocable trust, you can't do that. And the reason you can't do that is because you gave the money away. You also, it goes against your lifetime gift allowance. Meaning, remember I told you, you get, each person right now has $11 million they can give away tax-free? Well, when you give that money away, if you gave away $5 million, then you only have $6 million dollars. That you have to give. Now, what is the importance about understanding gift tax and a gift allowances? Most people don't know this, but right now you cannot give a gift, a one-time gift to anybody, over fifteen thousand dollars without paying gift tax. So you hear a lot of time athletes saying, "Man, I'm gonna buy my mama a house." <laughs> now, who here knows the amount of percentage gift tax is? Anybody? Anybody I say thirty-five. Am I say 35? I hit 35? I know you know. <laughs> I ain't calling you. I ain't know. But it's a hefty amount. It's 40%. So understand this. You get an NFL contract of $11 million, right? So you don't get $11 million, right? So what you going to get? Probably at best, fit 5.5 million. Because I'm going say I'm take by half between state and federal tax, right? So right there, you pay 50% in the tax. Then you go and spend another million dollars on your mama. You buy your mama a car. That million dollars is going to cost you $1.4 million. So just on that $6 million that you've used, $6.4 million you've used, you're going to pay $5.4 million in taxes. $5.4 million in taxes on $6 million you just used. Yeah, on $6 million. That's right, $6 million. Can you spend a million? So that's why, if you remember, there was an athlete. I look at these stories. There was an athlete named McNair who played quarterback. And he died real quick. And he had purchased his mother a house and he had purchased all this stuff. And I remember his mother being on TV talking about his wife and how she had to clean up the estate when he dies. And most of the time, these problems really come when you die. Now, technically, I think the IRS just be sitting waiting. But they know what you're doing. Sometimes it comes before, but the mother was on. And she was talking about the daughter and saying how the daughter made her move out the house that her son had bought for her. And the reason she did that because she had to pay taxes on it. Just like in businesses. If you own a business, most businesses will fall in that same thing. It's the market value. It's not even what the cash value It's the market value. So if you had a business and your business was worth $12 million and your business worth $12 million because you have assets, but you don't have a lot of cash. You know, a lot of businesses have a lot of cash tied up in inventory. If you had a t-shirt business, you got tied up inventory. So, a lot of times when those businesses, the owner dies, if he has not done proper estate taxes, they have to go out of business. Because the government is going to come for that difference of 40% of a million dollars. If it's $12 million, you got $11 million. That's $400,000. They got to pay right there and give tax. You understand? So estate planning is really good to understand. And those two trusts are really good. Like I say, the revocable trust can help your estate avoid probate. And will also help you to, it's almost like a living will help you to direct things while you're still living. And a irrevocable trust allows you to have tax shelters and protection from lawsuits. Because once you give the money away, it's no longer in your estate. So a person can't sue you and get the money. You understand that? If I had five dollars and I gave it to you and I stepped on your toe and you want to sue me for five dollars, but I don't have any moment because I gave it to you. The trust is like an entity that's a separate little entity. Now, the difference for me giving $5 to a person and putting it in my trust, I can still control that $5. I can say, take that $5 and buy me some bubble gum. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So the trust is very, very functional and very, very important in your estate plan when you're trying to protect your assets. Also, because the trust is an entity, a person can't bring legal assets and attest the trust. Like, you can sue a person. You see people sue people over wills and over contracts, which are like legal documents, like uh, even prenuptial agreements, right? We've seen that, right? That's what a will is. A will is a legal document. So sometimes people try to sue, and you have to pay to defend yourself, okay? And what's what's the problem with probate? With probate, reason why probate is a problem is probate is, again, the verification of the will and the executor and the beneficiaries. So a lot of times when you have land, and you have a lot of people, like you got five, six kids, and you have these plots of lands, and you die, and it's time to split it up. Well, they got to go to all those people, and it costs money and time if they got to go find people, that kind of stuff. And they build the estate. You understand? Build means they charge the estate. So, again, you should have at least a will at the very least, but you're also going to have a trust. Now, there's another trust I want to talk about, which is a um, testamentary trust. And that's a trust that's, that's also like when you have, like, small kids. And you, you have a person you know that's like a, a legal person, a lawyer, that you trust. And that person, you have the trust, you have the beneficiary, you have a third person, which is like a person who's supposed to act in a fiduciary manner over your estate for those beneficiaries. Beneficiaries would not ready to take it. See? So, again, something happening and y'all coming to a lot of money. You definitely want to start understanding estate planning. But even if you don't have a lot of money, but you got stuff that you want to leave to certain people. Like, if you got a problem with your sister on your house and you don't have no children. Then if she's your only living relative, she gonna get your house. So, you know, you should be fine with your sister and brother. But, you know, those are things you want. However you want to direct it, you need to direct Now, you could be like Prince. And to me, Prince was like a soul who was like, I don't care what happened when I die. I'm living every day I'm living. You know, but... He fought for all these rights to own his stuff, but he's not going to own anything. And his family's not going to own anything. Maybe he did like his family, so he probably don't care. But if you have children and stuff, you want to do that planning. Another thing you need to have is a power of attorney in case you need to understand what that is. A power of attorney is a person who's going to execute your finances if you become incapacitated. Now, that's somebody you really need to take and analyze very good. A power attorney is you need to have somebody who at least knows how to manage their money and have strong character. Not the person you love, but the person who manages money and has strong character. Because I have seen people leave money to relatives and make them power of attorney. And the first thing they do is go start draining their account. And when they do that, sometimes nothing you can do, especially when you take and put their name on the account. That's one thing that I recommend you know, you don't do is get a joint account with a relative because when you get a joint account with somebody, they have equal ownership to that account. Okay? So that's a power of attorney. The next thing is health care directives. Now, there are two main documents, a living will, and that's a document that's a written statement of how you want to be treated in case you're about to die or become incapacitated. Now, That's really important because we've always heard when do you pull the plug, you know? Some people don't want to be suffering. Some people don't want to sit there on a respirator, you know, your brain gone, everything. But then some people want to say, I want a miracle come. So you might say, well, I need 25 days. or I need, you know, three weeks before you pull the plug. Now, you have to understand, hospital stay is very expensive. So a lot of times, if you don't have a directive, but you got great insurance or assets, you know, hospitals are a business. And so they'll keep you living <laughs> and drain your account. But they're going to do it now because, you know, hospitals are packed with COVID. But back in the day, they were empty. So they'll keep you living and, you know, and just drain your account. The second one is a healthcare proxy, which is a person. Now, usually that's a spouse. But I recommend you be on good terms with your spouse. Don't <laughs> 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 Don't mess up right before you get sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Nobody's going to do that, right? But that's the second document is a healthcare proxy is a person who will make medical decisions on your behalf. So that's something you definitely need to have. You need to have a healthcare directive. Now, the next point that I want to talk about is beneficiary designation. On all retirement accounts, on all life insurance, po- insurance policies, on all bank accounts, investment accounts, you should have the beneficiary label who you want to get the money. Because if you die, probate takes a little time. It takes a long time if you have a will. But if you have a will, it takes some time. But a lot of times you have insurance policies and you know where you want the money to go. So go ahead and put that designated beneficiary so you don't have to go through a problem. Even if you're married, if it's not designated, it still has to go to probate and they have to read the will and make sure this person not say, well, leave this account to such and such. You understand? So, some, so basically, I talked about the cons and pros, so, you know, remember, you know, the pros and cons of revocable trust is there's no tax benefit. Also, it requires some administrative work in your passing. Also, there's no protection. So people can sue your revocable trust and get, your, and get, get money out of you. Now, if you do have a revocable trust, but you put it in the LLC, something like that. There's some protection there. But at the same time, you know, if you got some big assets, you want an irrevocable trust. And there is some room for you to change, like, the beneficiary. But you can't change who's going to, like, you, you can't change who's going to get it, who owns it, who's the executor. You can't change the executor. So if you marry, married and you say, my wife is going to be executive of this, you can't go back and say, no, nah, I'm mad at her. We're getting divorced. That ain't going to happen. But if you got kids that supposed to roll to it in case of a die, if they start acting up, you can change that. <laughs> so that's basically all I want to talk about today. We have 30 minutes. Any questions? We got a state attorney here so she can let y'all know if I told y'all anything wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm on top of it because I didn't go real deep in this. But my thing is, is that in my situation, that was the first thing I did. I took my time and did estate planning because if things happen instantly, or fast. Just like an athlete that comes out of college and is the first round draft pick. That's fast. And you don't have a lot of time to mess up. Because at the point that your income's, you can walk out here today and have the same thing happen to you that happened to me. And instantly you are thrust into a position where your mistakes will be huge mistakes. See, right now we you ain't got a lot of money, they're not big mistakes. <laughs> but you make a mistake Man, you talk about messing with, you know, you lose $100, you're going to be mad. But you lose $250,000, or you lose $100 million, you lose $10 million, it's going to be hard to go to sleep on that, that $10 million. Okay? <laughs> I know getting get it next. The first thing I did was, first of all, I had to find out how much I had won, because, you know, I didn't look at it. Like, I won on a Saturday, but I didn't look at it until Monday. And the only reason I looked at it because my assistant told me that somebody in my community where I live won the lottery. So I looked at it and when I saw it, I just kept telling myself to calm down, calm down. <laughs> Walk out like nothing happened. And like for three months, nobody knew that I won except Pastor Nathaniel. That's the only person I told. And my wife. My kids didn't know, nobody knew. So after I went home and verified it, I sat down, you know, my wife said, let's go to the gas station and get the money. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I mean we were. <laughs> So I was like, I don't think no gas station got this kind of money. <laughs> so the next thing I did was, and I made her do it too, we had an office. We sat down and read stories of lottery winners. We did that for about three or four hours. We read stories of lottery winners. And when we read those stories, it became very sobering about what this was. And I read a statement in there where it says, three out of four lottery winners wish they had never won a lottery. So at that point, I said, listen, the most important thing is us. I said, if we split up, it's going to be a nightmare. If we get crazy, it's going to be a nightmare. So at that point, I really got into a mode of high operate. And my mode of operating is I always looking at what I really want. So when I realized everything, I knew that I wanted generational wealth. And I wanted to change the dynamic of my family. So we just started planning from that point on. So the plans went, you know, pastor, father. I used to spend summers over there. And when you were over there, we used to work every day. So on summers, they would have a lot of meetings. And even though I was a cousin, he would let me sit in on the meeting. So I used to sit and listen to them dudes talk to their estate planner because he was planning for their transition, for their business, because he transitioned his business with no estate taxes problems. So I used to listen to the guy. And all that stuff started coming back to me. So I really think it was God. The Holy Spirit was guiding me. But my attitude was generational wealth. So you think about that, you don't think about ownership. This is my money, (laughs) you know? So I really, truly wanted to be a steward. So, you know, let me see. You know, even to this day, I really tell people this, but they don't believe me. I don't have an attachment. My thing is, I want to stay in a position where I'm never affected by a change of material things, mentally. Yes, so I always want to stay that if I have to go back to Annie Lane, the house I purchased before, I can You know, some people can't do that. You know, y'all heard of the great stock market crash, right? Y'all remember what people were doing, right? People were jumping out of windows because the market crashed and the stock went to zero and they lost all their money. They took their life. Even today, people take their life or they get into problems where you had recently NFL players that were doing all this illegal stuff with insurance to make money because they don't mess their money up. So it's one thing I knew for sure. And I still say this as a joke, but I believe with my whole heart. And nobody going to feel sorry for me if I mess up. Like, you know, people don't feel sorry for you when you mess up and go crazy. Like, if I came in here with a 22-year-old woman and then y'all come in, then I'm broke and I'm out there. Man, everybody, you know what I'm saying? If you get stupid like that, but you have to also understand that's a possibility. So, you know, that's all I did, man. We sat down, we started reading the stories, and we prioritized what was important. The most important thing was, the other story I read was when it came to trust fund children, and welfare children. They were identical. So then I had to start thinking about my kids. How do I keep my kids from becoming these little brats? You know, so, just like what I'm doing now, everybody here hear the information I give. You got a choice. It's nothing different. It's not a magic. You start taking priority. And the one thing I was doing before then, because like I said, I was working on straight commission. Who in here works on straight commission? Okay, you got one. Alright, there you go. So You feel me on this. <laughs> so, You ain't guaranteed anything next week. You see? So I had to take stewardship. I couldn't be wasting money. And although I felt like I always can have employment because I can always sell something, you know, I was looking at quality of life too. I didn't have to move to Chicago to work for another company. You know what I'm saying? So I had to endure. So I took risks to sort of get in a position where I didn't have to think about, you know, if something happened with print or something happened with my business, I have something to fall on back. That's why I started businesses. I started Grand nannies for that reason. So you have to know that things will happen. But one thing that I will say is that through the journey, all the bad stuff that happened to me was what prepared me for the big blessing. And so when people say, boy, it's a blessing. That's just a blessing. I said, no, nah, it's my actions and my priorities that determine if it's going to be a blessing or a curse. Because three out of four people say it's a curse. Yes, then. And that's real. You can go look up yourself. That is real. So why is that? Why is it that three out of four people say it's a curse and wish I had never won it? Huh? Okay. She said that mentality doesn't change, right? It doesn't change, but it expands. That's the part that's the difference. Because if your mentality stays the same and you're still on the same, you know, I'm making $20,000 a year, so I'm spending $20,000 a year. I'm just messing it up. And you won $10 million, you'll be fine messing up $20,000 a year. But that $20,000 expands to you messing up $2 million a year. And... On the other hand, you are a million times nastier to your people. And before you were petty, then you 20 million times more petty. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's not just the responsibility of money. It starts here, right between your ears. And one thing I've learned from everybody I've seen that becomes a fool, the first thing they start doing is taking credit for everything that happened to them. They become prideful. That's why I said, I like, look, look. I ain't nothing. I can mess up. I, <laughs> so I got to stay on the straight and narrow. I, gotta, I don't see myself as some you know, big superhero. I can stand up against anything. Nah, I get my behind. I run from temptation and I don't do stuff. I run from me trying to, I get one last story and we're going to go. So when I turned 50, I said, when I turned 50, I'm going to buy me a Ferrari. Now, I had my three years. So I go into the Ferrari dealership. Now, I am very, now everybody here know the situation, but I don't tell nobody. And when I'm in the street, I have never introduced myself and said, this is what I've done. But I was in that Ferrari dealership, and within 30 minutes, I was telling my story to the guy. <laughs> and I had changed that quick. And then I walked out, I was like, what is happening? What happened to me? You know? And I realized how quick, and just that little thing God showed me, I'm i like, never buy that car. Then I started thinking about it. What happens when you drive up in a Ferrari? What? everybody's looking, and when she say everybody, that one temptation that God is keeping away from you? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, the hardest thing for celebrities is celebrity. Whitney Houston said, it ain't the money to change, it's the fame. So I walk up, people don't even look at me, I love it. I don't need it. So to be honest with you, when I used to pray, and I said said this, I don't think I really prayed to God was for me to be debt free. Give me the ability To take care of my family and be debt free. And boy, did he answer that prayer. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said, I don't know why, but I just know that in the end, my goal and what's on my vision is to do what's pleasing in the sight of God. And what's pleasing in the sight of God is to do your best, be appreciative of everything you have and to manage everything you have to the best of your ability. And that's when he blessed you. I really believe that. I really believe that. I believe when you start making decisions based on emotions, you start making decisions where you say, I love this house more than you say, I love God. We got a big house, but I have no attachment to the house. and My wife get mad because like, I ain't loving nothing. I ain't loving nothing material. I don't love no car. I mean, I take care of it. I don't love it. You know, it's just, I think if you take the time to start to make those Right decision when God can entrust you with more? Now, I think one thing that God didn't know was he didn't know my heart. And I wasn't going to go crazy or feel like I was better than anybody else. So I'm glad he trusted me that way. But like I said, I just, you know, I just go day to day with a plan to just do what's pleasing in the sight of God. Any questions? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, but I also remember he said I had three. He said, "No, I'm telling you what I remember. I remember he said I had three kids, and I only had two kids. <laughs> he said, where's that other baby?'" I'm like, "Man, you better cut it. <laughs> you don't get me in trouble." <laughs> Nobody talk about that. I'm like, "What, what are you talking about?" <laughs> and let me tell you, I got two kids because I'm gonna tell you, if I had a third kid, it would have showed up now. <laughs> Yeah, but I think prophecy is good. I think prophecy is something that's good, but I think more important than prophecy to me is your relationship. Like, I've been really working on how to pray. My cousin gave me a acronym, ACT, which was uh, Adoration, Confession, then, I forgot it. But I've been working on it. I wrote it down. But I was with one of my cousins, and he was telling me, Reginald, who was pastor, he was telling me that. So I just think my prayer is just from the heart, and I want to be better at it. But again, once you get up, God wants us to walk in the character of Christ. And one thing about Christ was Christ was always a great steward over all his gifts, everything he had. You know, he never took things for granted. He never was foolish. He never felt like the things were more important than than the souls of people and his mission on earth. You know, so that's the way I look at it. And I think that's the way everybody should look at it for themselves. You know, if you don't know what your talent is, I heard Steve Harvey say, he said, go home tonight and just think about what is it you can do that you would give up and do, and you do it well, and you would do it for free. You do it well. And some people think, well, I don't know what I do well. It could be talking, encouraging people. Like, I have a friend, and she's really good at, she likes to give. She likes to give. She likes, so she would volunteer and go through things. Like, in the company, she would go out, and she would do extra work. Like, if we have a case where elderly person doesn't have a house is filthy. She's going to clean up folks' houses, baby people. And she's not seeing it, but she's done it because she's a giver. I was like, well, you know, you need to start thinking about maybe being in a nonprofit Because you would wake up every morning and you would do that, and you would do it with the work ethic it would take because you love it. And that's where greatness comes from. Like, I was listening to Kobe Bryant. And he was talking about how people asked him, why are you such a butthole? Why you don't pass the ball? And he said, I see players come in 10 minutes before practice and leave as soon as practice is over. He said, I'm in the gym four hours before practice and four hours after practice. He said, so I don't trust them because I don't like their work ethic. But he looked at it as a butthole. Eric, you know what I'm But when you thought about it, that makes sense. So, but he loved what he was doing. He was passionate about reaching the goal. So that's the same thing you got to do. And I guarantee, that's why I was saying, there are other revenue streams. I can't tell you, once you do a budget and you see I ain't making enough money, you got to figure out a way to make more money. And the only way you can make more money is to do something well and to do it often. The people pay you for it. So, any other questions? Come on. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Wow. Right. With your children. Yep. Yep. Right. Right. What about when they're a beneficiary on the investment account? Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, P.O.D. Paid on death beneficiary. Yes. Yeah, fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right. Good. Thank you. I like that. Say that term again. Joint tenant joint tenants with right of survivorship. It should be on everybody's marriage on the house, yeah, yeah <laughs> like I said, my wife owns the house I live in, so that's in her name, so she picked it out. I was like, hey, I was like, hey. All right, any other questions, uh-huh? Yeah, but they' have to take over the note, yeah, so technically, yeah, what happens to the debt on that? Right, 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 that's right, that's right, right, yeah, right. Let me say the question again, what was the question? So the question is, how do you start the process of a wheel? Yeah, yeah, doing a state plan, okay, com. okay, all right, all right, well, we right on time, we got four minutes to spare. Well, that's true, and that's a part of... When you deal with attorneys, they have those state attorneys have a fiduciary responsibility. They have to do what's right by the person. So, but you still got character. But we got a person here, uh, Now you gotta know, the- right? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, I think still when you're married to a person, you gotta understand the capacity of your spouse. And so, a lot of times, if there's assets, it's better for you to go through. A person who's a professional, like, and go that route, just so you have a person who's gonna do right, and you can put in that will what your wishes are. If your wishes for your Social Security to go to your children, you put it in your will, and they'll document that. And so when it happens, it will never flow to your husband. See what I'm saying? It will flow to your children. Or if you say, if my husband alive, because even my mother died before my daddy, and we had no problem like that, but she had designated certain things for her kids. And she designated certain things with him. So she had several life insurance policies. She said, this goes to split between the boys. And that was fine. And we were like 30. So, you know, 29, 30. So, again, if you have assets, if you have wishes that you want to happen when you die, you have to get that stuff planned out and written down. And a lot of times, it's not just the fact that your spouse may not do right, but your spouse may die with you. (laughs) So 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 that's why it's good to take and like I say like some of this stuff is not as expensive as you think and it's well worth especially when you got a house and you got Social Security and that kind of stuff and you want it to be directed it's worth five hundred thousand dollars I don't know what it costs but I don't get business but it's worth what it is to get the stuff planned because you know it can change your whole generational direction of your kids not usually but that happens a lot but uh but like again like she said you know I wanted people to understand and have just a glimpse because I only had a glimpse. I remember estate planning from a standpoint of how they protected their assets. That's all I heard. I was 19 years old sitting in the meeting. I didn't. <laughs> so I just knew that I had to have a plan. Because like Steve Harvey, I heard Steve Harvey say he told his kids, look, don't expect more than 5% because me and my wife are going to spend 85 95% of this money. <laughs> I could have been like that. I, you, I could have been like that, but that's different. You know, because, you know, that's a different mentality. And I don't, I don't have a mentality. I really didn't see it as something. Because first of all, there's nothing I really want like that. So, all right, well, good. I hope everybody enjoyed the class. I'll see you for our final class next month. You are listening to Brothersoftheword.com. This was session 11 of the Render My Money 2021 series by Gerald Render. This message is number 4536, that's 4536, to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 4536 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to Iwanttogive.com, that's Iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothers of the often because, brother, you need word. the word.